superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, crazy. This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's on and crack. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Caught George Kittle in the back of the end zone. So when you're talking about your quarterback, are you talking about the game manager, George? There's no one that manages the game quite like him, isn't there? We can't do any of that work unless he's the guy throwing the ball. Earlier on the show, host of HBO's Real Sports, Brian Gumbel. Coming up, Super Bowl champion and NFL on prime video analyst, Andrew Whitmore. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We just said farewell on the Zoom to Bryant Gumbel. That was a lot of fun in hour number one. We talked about the Monday night football game of the Eagles losing in Seattle behind Drew Locke, who shared quite a bit in his post-game interview with Lisa Salters. That was hour number one. Albert Breer, hour number three, overreaction Monday on a Tuesday in hour number three. Your phone calls throughout 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Uh, but Chris and, and uh, Mike and TJ, as we discussed at the top of this program, it's raining in Los Angeles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is where you find out who your true friends are. <laughs> when they say you're, they're coming over to your house, some people in L.A. are like, I, it's raining. Nah, you know, raining. we're just going to stay home tonight. <laughs> and you're like, okay. You say yes to you're that, like, friend, I, right? I get it. I get it. But yeah, then you're yeah, making yeah. kind of a right. note. I get, right. You make a note mental. Yeah. Yeah. Not, a, not an actual note. Didn't not like Bryant. You pull yeah. out your yellow legal pad. No, no, no. Okay. Mental. Andrew Whitworth said yes, and he's here, everybody. I'm here, baby. Come on. In the rain. That's friendship. It's my favorite thing when it rains in California. Is it really? People act like, uh, you know, they they can't even function. (laughs) You can't move. (laughs) I mean, In Louisiana, it rained every day. I'm used to it. This is fine. You are totally cool with it. And you, but you know what? How long have you lived in Los Angeles, though? Uh, this is six years now. I mean, that's so, enough. I'm starting to change. You, you, you're starting to. Oh, but, yeah. no, but you're not like Tony Gonzalez, who like needs to wear Gore-Tex when it dips below 50. I uh, see. I see I'm how he reacts yet. on I Thursday closer, night. Though. Okay, you getting there? All right. I'm getting Meanwhile, softer. Fitz is just taking his shirt off. You know, <laughs> he's a maniac. He's uh, he's always up for taking his shirt off. Now we get chance every week for fans like for him to rip his shirt is off. Is that so, right? Yeah, he's created a movement. Does he uh, take it off? I don't, does he oblige? Does he? No, he, you know, I think it was a Buffalo thing. You know, I think that was got it. it. You know, but I think he's got to understand now. Now the people want what the people want. Uh, he's a yeah. giver. Sometimes he gives too much. Is your point? Thursday night footballs and uh, a longtime uh, NFL player as well as Super Bowl champion Walter Payton, Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth here on the program. Let's just dive directly into it. Jalen Hurts' comments after the Monday night football loss, talking about some of the players on the Eagles are not committed enough. 
That was his implication. And then he used the word committed multiple times, was asked, what does that mean? He's like, I don't have a dictionary here. What's your interpretation of his postgame comment? I think being somebody like him who's always so eloquent after, you know, he's, he's one of those guys I know for us when we've had him a couple times post game, just mm-hmm. what a great talker and communicator he is. Um, in that moment, I think you've, you've lost three in a row. You're really frustrated. He obviously played sick. You could tell by the way he was kind of carrying himself in that interview. He was hurting after just the adrenaline of playing through that game. Um, I, I think it was more of an emotional thing than like something that really there's a lot to. I think he's just frustrated. And I think probably you could kind of tell after he said it, he tried to kind of back out of it at one point, you know, of really explaining exactly what he meant. So I think it was more around emotion, but the frustration I think is when you're the quarterback and you're, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and what was expected of them this season, uh, it all feels like it falls on you all the time. And so I think maybe there's just one of those moments where he's exhausted and he's thinking of how in the world do we get through this and, and the emotion of committed. I don't even know if he really knew how he could explain it. I think it was more of a of really the mode of what he felt in that moment, not necessarily something that says he feels like this team's not committed. Because you are as well aware of the narrative as anybody else, being as plugged in as you are to talking about stuff every single week. It's been the Eagles, 10 wins. Something's been off in almost every one of them. We haven't seen the dominant NFC champion team from last year that was boat racing people or taking care of business, extending leads in a way that they didn't last night. Mistakes defensively, they're not taking the football away nearly as much as they need to. So there's been something off. So for him to come out and say the word committed means that's been the issue all year long. Yeah. And something's up. And you know Philadelphia is now going to go on sports media, a mole hunt, for which player is he referring to or group of players is he referring to? You're saying that's not what I think they're definitely going to do that. I think that he was more probably talking from a place of emotion and being exhausted than something that he really felt in a particular area. But I think the biggest concerns for that football team are exactly what you just said. Not that they've not been as good, not that they keep kind of having these games, but that it's kind of the same things that keep coming up. And, and I think to me, when you look over a season, if a team repeats the same mistakes over and over again, uh, you can bet it's usually how their season ends. We're going to come down to a narrative of either the secondary and how they've struggled or offensively just not being able to score when they need to score in these games. Uh, it's going to be the reason that their season's going to end without their, you know, the thing they want most in that championship. So do you believe the guy? So, so if you're saying Hertz was just speaking from an emotional point of view and although this is uncharacteristic of him saying things that he knows – are going to rile up a media that is eager to find out what's wrong with this team or a fan base that wants to hear what's wrong with this team because they've been wondering that question for three months. So you do believe the guys are in that locker room that can fix this? I think they are, just because it's not much different than last year. you still got a lot of guys that have played played in this game for a long time. And sometimes teams need a just, hey, let's all sit and, and refocus and say, hey, what are the little things that we need to be better at? And how can we all be better together? And I think the thing that, you know, people probably didn't give enough attention to is that you replaced both coordinators coming into this season. So there was going to be growing pains. And for whatever reason, they just haven't seemed to feel like at any point in the season you feel like, oh, man, we found this perfect marriage in the coordinators. And then last week, even the whole secrecy of changing the coordinator defensively and and really how that was handled, I think that very interesting for that not to be something we didn't find out until close to the game that uh, you know, Patricia all of a sudden is now calling the defense. I think those kind of things, to me, 
they definitely send out a signal of, all right, I don't think everything's going that well right now inside the building, regardless of the football field, because communication seems to be lacking. And you could say Jalen Hurts is emotional in those moments, but you know, also I think he comes from Nick Saban. He comes from programs that have won where sometimes you're sending a little message, right? And so I don't know that it was like, hey, I think people aren't committed as much as a little message of, man, I need everyone to be committed to this thing because I feel like I just played sick. I just played exhausted. I'm tired. Gave it all I had. It wasn't good. But we've got to commit if we want to get to where we want to go. Okay. Well, what you just said as well is interesting is that perhaps the reason why it's off on offense that because the offensive line is outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. And we just haven't seen those 250-yard rushing games that used to just steamroll everyone with Miles Sanders last year and the same guys in, in Gainwell and Boston Scott. doesn't seem to be the same commitment to that, off of which the, the deep balls to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith will connect or got it over the middle on some sort of play action is not as wide open. And that the issue may just be the guy that they're missing has the Colts in the seventh seed right now in Indianapolis as the HC of the Indianapolis Colts. I, I said this four or five weeks ago to our producer, Spoon, who you know, and I was like, hey, I think it blows my mind. No one's saying a word about Shane Steichen. And it's like the Indianapolis Colts have a winning record. They're six and five, I think, at this point. And I was like sitting there going, man, we got to start talking about this team. Like they're at 500. I don't think anybody in the NFL that's a fan, mm-hmm. if you told them, hey, this team's 500 or over 500, be like, who? Like the Colts. They're, they're a winning football team this year. I mean, the job he's done to think of you're losing your rookie quarterback who you thought you were going to build things around this year, the Jonathan Taylor situation, how he's really calmed that down. He got the contract, everything. You never heard another word about it. And then every back that seems to step in this offense has a productive day. Um, I just think he's done a tremendous job, and, and he's one of the tons of coaches that you could argue should be in that Coach of the Year conversation. I'm with you, man. I just saw him. I just called their game, Steelers-Colts, on Saturday, and um, you we didn't even mention the defense yeah. because they got players all over, all over the lot. The reason why, in many ways, Shaq Leonard was released, this kid, EJ Speed, is all over over the lot and he doesn't even lead the league in tackles that's franklin yeah and and buckner's up front it's kind of funny we, we were talking to uh um naji harris before the game uh in our production meeting and you know players just know players by numbers yeah right and sometimes you don't get deep into who's actually that guy and we said you know uh who who are you circling on defense and he goes 99 and somebody said deforest buckner and he goes is that buckner you know, that's the famous AD comment, right? And, about uh, right. Debo Samuel before he was famous. He called him 19. Right. That was Kurt, you know, a huge stir. And it's like, no, Aaron Donald doesn't worry about what their names that's are. St- and, and Kurt Warner was basically saying to us that that is basically the way it is. Like you just learn the numbers. Yeah. You're not getting deep into what the names are. And he's just like, I, I was a big Niner fan, you know, uh, and, and he's, he's really good. I'm like, and then he put it together. Oh, that's 99. It was kind of funny. But the reason why I bring all that up is 99's there. Yeah. Okay. And and they've taken the ball away 19 straight games, at least one takeaway. So who do you think wins the AFC South right now as we're sitting here? Oh, man. I You know, I, I think that one's going to be interesting. I mean, Jacksonville has, has started to, you know, fade. And, and you look at the Colts. I, it's like every week I'm like, all right, this is the week that they're going to kind of have one. They're going to lay an egg. And it's like even if the game starts that way, they find a way to win these football games. So I think if you're Jacksonville right now, the one thing I think that plays in the Colts' favor 
Jacksonville's starting to have those thoughts creep in their mind of we started really well. Mm-hmm. We haven't been able to play as well as we were as we played early in the season. That doubt starts to creep in. Whereas for the Colts, they're playing free. And I think the biggest thing I would say about Shane Steichen and that organization and just when you watch him every week, it just seems like this. Like there's no reaction. You don't ever kind of feel like something dramatic's going on with this football team. They just feel like they just keep marching straight ahead. And I think if I'm Jacksonville, uh, I think that's a football team right now that they're starting to feel that pressure of we can't make a mistake because this Colts team's going to catch us. I've got uh, Andrew Whitworth here on the Rich Eisen show. You didn't see, you saw San Francisco week three, right? Yep. You, you saw him early on on Amazon. I just saw that. But with Richard so, Sherman, I get to hear about every detail going on with the San Francisco 49ers every week. Trust the, me. They're the best team in the league, right? Hands down. Uh, it's not close. It's right? it's without question, it's not close. When they're fully healthy, there's, they're better than anybody, and it's not even close. Not even close, huh? So who, who's best equipped to take them out? Is it- well, I, I you know, early in the year, you know, unfortunately with the Bengals' injuries, I predicted it was going to be a Niners-Bengals Super Bowl. Hey, uh, listen, Jake rematch. Brown, don't sleep on Jake don't Browning, sleep huh? Don't sleep on Browning. But right now, I've kind of pivoted to still in the AFC North. I've called a Ravens-Niners a rematch of Super Bowl Forty Seven, But in Vegas, the lights never go out, so we won't have to worry about it. Ah, look at you him. I mean? What a line. Come on, baby. What a line. Andrew Whitworth bringing <laughs> his A game. That's right. Right, and we're seeing it Monday night, and We're going to see it Monday night. I think this is a little preview because, to me, what Lamar Jackson, this Ravens team, has been this year is, mm-hmm. you know, people are arguing, oh, he didn't have the statistics he had when he was MVP, but... They're a great football team defensively, offensively, the ways they can attack you on offense. They can do so many different things that I think they'll match up well with the Niners because they can play great defense and they can run the football or they can kind of get into things where they spread you out and use Lamar and use his legs. And, and he's he's shown the ability this year to be a much better pocket passer under Munkin. So I, I think that's a great matchup for them. Let me give you one more. What about the Buffalo Bills? They're Playing hot. The, well, they're, they're hot, but they also look sustainable. And here's why. Number four. Number four is playing. Special. He's special. James Cook is playing like Christian McCaffrey. Is there anybody that's happier on Monday than, than Josh Allen? The fact that For he did one didn't, game, he didn't do I didn't have to do anything. I just went out there and I just played football. By the way, Andrew, name me another time he could say that in his professional Ever. career. Seriously, since he started starting for the Bills. Name me another time where the team boat raced another team or just one and he just said all i had to do was just make the plays i had to make the pressure was completely off him against dallas when you thought he's gonna have to be superman that's what we're talking about on game day morning we talk about superman versus superman he's gonna have to put on his cape to win oh yeah that's james Co- oh james cook's wide open let me get him Unreal. Yeah, and I think on the flip side, what I just said about Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence feeling pressure, Josh Allen just won a game against one of the best teams in the NFL, didn't have to do anything. That takes it off of you, and you go, all right, I trust our plan. I trust what we're going to do, and now I'm going to play with some freedom and how special Josh is. If they can continue to lean on this run game and let him be him, uh, when Josh is free and playing that kind of style of football that he can – He's, his, he's one of the rare guys back there with the football in his hands there is in this with, game. Without a doubt. And if I'm the rest of the league, I am rooting hard for the Colts and the Bengals and the Browns. Keep winning because that's the way you're going to keep Buffalo out unless the Dolphins lose one of their next two and the Bills don't slip up against Easton Stick on Saturday and Bailey Zappi at home. They can stroll into Miami and get in that way. 
yeah. the two seed. By I the think way, Fitzpatrick made this point last week, and I, I thought it'd be like to see a Buffalo Miami showdown to see maybe who's who's going to win that division. It's possible. Last game of the year, I think I that'll, mean, that'll be the last game of the year uh, to see where that where we all had Miami six weeks into the season, right? And we had Buffalo, and then now to see this matchup possibly be what's going to determine one of them's fate. Uh, it would be wild to see because uh, Josh Allen right now has got to be really happy with where that team's headed. I mean, that that right now the Bills are two back of the Dolphins. So if the Dolphins just once again slip up in either of the next two games, and you can't really even say slip up. I mean, you're playing Dallas and then the one seed in the AFC right now in Baltimore. So the Dolphins are sitting here thinking, we have a shot at the one seed. But if they lose one of those two, then that means they will wind up hosting the Bills in the final week of the season for the right to play a home game, make the playoffs as a division champ as well. And so Buffalo may have, wildly, no shot at the wild card because everybody keeps winning, but they have a shot at the two seed. I can't recall a situation <laughs> like that. It's a wild year. I mean, look at it, both, both sides, the NFC, AFC. It's crazy, all the matrix of who can get in and who can't and how they may get in, but only by winning the division. Uh, I think it's pretty wild. I mean, you think about two weeks ago, we were talking about Jacksonville as possibly the one seed Correct. going forward. And now we got a situation where they're in trouble getting walked down and getting knocked out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Last one for you here before we'll take a break and talk about the final two games on Amazon because it, they're they're fascinating in many different ways. Um, it's it's this week Saints and Rams, and I, I assume you have some some access to the Rams, and then it's Jets and Browns. You know, Joe Flacco, Lake Erie, baby, here we and, come, and and so that that's that's something that you might see Aaron Rodgers versus Joe Flacco. Who knows? Ooh. We'll see what happens. Although, are you monitoring what Rodgers is saying right now, Christopher? Yeah, they're just talking about how it's the North Pole at Pat's studio. Okay, um, so before we take a break, though, I'd love to get your thoughts on the Chiefs and the the. It's funny how it's all being boiled down to Kadarius Tony. Because he is the personification of what is wrong with the Chiefs offense and potentially unfixable about the Chiefs offense. And it's just one man. I get it. It is uh, a team game. But your two cents on that being the indication of the Chiefs' ability to win it again right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think it's similar to what we just said about the Eagles. When you keep seeing the same narrative keep showing back up, it's like you can't knock it out and say, all right, we've gotten past this throughout your season. Uh, I think for them offensively, the lack of production and then, you know, just drops and mistakes by this receiver skill group um, has continued to be over and over again. They can't beat the narrative. And I think that usually ends up being something that dooms you in the end. And so I think for this team, they need a Josh Allen Buffalo Bills turnaround at some point where they get hot or you feel like inevitably they're going to end their season because of the things that have been who they are all season long. Well, the schedule does. Provide that runway to get hot. They got they're, a taking, they're taking on Vegas to start the, the Christmas Day triple header. Then after that, Kansas City has Cincinnati in their house. Watch and out. I, I know. I mean, Watch the way out. Jake Browning is playing, that may be the one that costs them any shot at uh, um, getting you know high enough in the standings where all you need is the one seed to lose and they wind up hosting a championship game again. Um, and then they're at the Chargers, which we all know is just going to be a roll the football out sort of thing, one would think. So that's possible, but you're already hearing Andy. They're not benching Tony. Like They're, they're going to keep rolling with him until he gets straight and uh, or not. I, I, that's the way I'm looking at it. And it's frustrating people like, you know, Chris, you've been saying, yeah, you, you got to say, You can't play him. He's going to cost you a game. He's already cost you two. 
Why are you giving the chance that he might blow a playoff game or maybe the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, to me, that's probably the thing that is stuck out the most that's agitating is that eventually, at some point, there has to be some repercussions for letting us down in a game. Not that, hey, all right, we still believe in you. We're still going to work with you and we're still going to plan to have you up and available, but we're going to keep you off the field because clearly, mentality wise, he hasn't been able to handle after the mistake last week for him to still come out and blame the ref. It's just, you know, blows my mind. Like, hey, just take accountability and move on. Who cares, really, right? At the end of the day, move on from the mistake, but it continues the same topics in its defense. Instead of proof on the field, it's more of like, hey, just keep defending themselves. But to me, this is the epitome of I see better than I hear. Like, they've got to go out and show it on Sundays and Mondays for us to believe it. Well, and put your player, put your helmet back on instead of your, your analyst answer that you appreciate you giving me right there. You're in the locker room. Do you say something to him? As you're, you're, uh, you're a leader, you know, you are the, you got the C on your chest. Do you go up to Kadarius Tony and sit him down or talk to him or just stay I would stay imagine away? in that locker room with Travis and some of those guys, somebody has done that. I think at the end of the day, though, guys are responsible for their own, you know, behaviors in the sense of how they handle the media, how they handle questions. Um, you really can't address that per se. You can address, hey, when we go on the football field, this is how we're going to play. I think that him playing or not, though, and being involved in the offense, that's more of coaching and whether they decide to put him out there. I've always said this. You, you can't, as a coach, you can't expect me to police a locker room that you won't punish. So, in other words, if you say, oh, well, the players should step in, well, yeah, but if I tell him, hey, dude, you're not playing for us and you put him in the game, it, then I lose all credibility, right? So the coach has to make the stance first and say, hey, this is the standard of how we're going to play football as a Kansas City Chief. And then the player can back that up. And that's really how that has to go. Because inevitably, the coaches are the ones who get to make those decisions, not the players. And it, it's easy to stay in that line. Andrew Whitworth here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. The uh, Rams are taking on the Saints in the Amazon Prime game on Thursday night. That is... It's kind of like a playoff game in Week 16, you would think, with the way that everything is shaping up. And then you've got the Browns. I mean, I can't wait to get your two cents on on that with what's going on there because that that is a team that has got all sorts of who knows how dangerous they can be. Very unpredictable. Exactly. So we'll take a break. Andrew Whitworth is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Love talking ball here. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Andrew Whitworth here in studio. Um, part of the reason why you can be in studio on this day is Thursday Night Football is right here in Los Angeles. Home game, baby. up the road. Um, and Saints and Rams, both teams 7-7. Seven and seven. What is Sean McVay's secret sauce, man? What, what, give me some insight. You know, I think one of the things that really separates him is his ability to communicate. You know, when you walk in a room and, and you see head coaches and we talk about, man, what are they like in the room? His ability to really, I think, relate to everybody in it, um, communicate very clearly what he wants and expects out of guys. I thought, you know, really most impressive things in my time with him is really that there's no rules. Like, he's not some guy that's got rules written on the board, like, hey, you have to be here, you have to do this, you have to wear this or that. It's understood because the way he communicates the priorities <clears throat> and the things that are important to him, um, he doesn't have to write them down on a wall and say you have to do these things. He can communicate it in a way where you walk out of there and there's a sense of pride of like, I want to be a Los Angeles Ram. I want to do things a certain way. And I think that's really what has been his thing, that he's been able to do well. And then you look at this year, I think it's awesome. Like kind of reinvented a little bit of who he is and, his, and who his offense like, is. What is that, though? What, what's yeah, he well, what exactly? Because he said that he said he's been on the show and he's just like he took stock last year, and he gets introspective up to the point until giving a detail about what he's actually being truly introspective about. Other than he just like last year was tough, last year was difficult. I looked at the way I did things and I had to make some changes and I made them. And it looks like it's working. That's for sure. Well, I think you look at it staff-wise. Even he went, you know, with a lot of guys that uh, younger staff. You know, a lot of new guys in their positions. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted energy and, and just this influx of passion and energy in the locker room of this youthful exuberance. Like we we may not have an answer for every single thing, but we're going to go find it and we're going to play fast and physical every football game. And then that's going to be who we are. You look at it, and and I've said this even over our time there. San Francisco has always dominated Los Angeles Rams. I, me personally, I'll say it. They, they out physicaled us. They played with more passion in those games than we did. Right. That was their style of football team. And it's why now, since they're so talented, they're so good, is that that's really what they were built on. I think he, in this last year, has reinvented the Rams to be that style of player. Just like when I watched Puka play for the first few times, the first thing I told Les Need was, he's our Debo Samuel. Like that, we've literally created, you watch him run after the catch, you watch him when he makes catches, 
always falling forward, always giving it to the defender when he mm-hmm. catches the football. Like he's a young guy, but that's that's going to be who he is for this offense. And more twelve, more using the tight ends and a lot of these motions and kickouts and physicality in the run game. I, I think you're going to see that they are slowly but surely kind of evolving into more of a style of, of what the Niners play a little bit. Not necessarily at the schematically they call the same plays, but that kind of style. We're going to come out and be physical and kind of beat you with the passion, the energy, speed we play the game with. Not always X's and O's and all those things, you know, changing math, all this type stuff. The mentality we play with is going to be who we are. He's a revelation. Kyron Williams as well. Um, you know, and Cup goes down, and those two kids start playing like it was the Super Bowl year. And the same thing for the quarterback. Also, now I know you're tight with Matthew, but this has got to be. I mean, he does. He's not a spike the football type guy. Certainly, when you're seven and seven, also, and you still have some work to do. But this year has been a. Uh, it's quieted a lot of people, and I'm wondering how. You know, what? what not to for you to speak for him, but what do you think he's feeling? What can I think he is right now? loving football uh, more than he's ever loved it probably right now. Now, physically, obviously, when you get older, it hurts. And you, he's been through some stuff this year. Right. But I think there starts to be an appreciation of your impact on a room and a group and just getting to go out there as their leader every week that you start to have that really kind of makes things makes you play loose and have fun and enjoy being around guys. Because I know for me, when I was 40 playing left tackle, the energy of the young guys was exciting to me to go out and play, if anything, to, to, for those guys to, to go take the field with them and be like, I can keep up with them, but also I can help lead them. Um, and I think that's what Matthew's playing like. He's playing like a guy who just is loving playing the game. And I remember being there the last week of training camp, going to talk to him, and it's like, hey, I, I know what everybody's saying. Where are you at with like where y'all going to be this year? And him just giving me that little smirk and the, 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 the eyes and that smile he has of like, you just know when Matthew's up to something and he's about to wing it, he's about to throw a whole shot or t- make some aggressive throw. That's almost the same look he would give you in a huddle, like you knew he's about to do something. He gave me that look and he's like, we're going to be all right. And, and just that confidence he had in that little second of being in the locker room together, I was like, hmm, like I think this team could be more than people think. And uh, it's fun to watch them right now. Seven and seven, and they they got it's in their hands. How they finish this season, whether they make the playoffs and – you know, could be right up there with one of the best jobs Sean McVay's ever done as a head coach and Matthew Stafford as a quarterback to get this football team as young as it is to the playoffs. And we have the playoff picture up on the screen perfect because that's where I wanted to go. It's like uh, we're, we're, one, you know, we're Rich, one cohesive unit right here on, on, on the show uh, production-wise because you take a look at the way things are going. Okay, Nick Mullins for the Vikings and they take on the Lions twice in the next three weeks and – so it's possible if the Rams and the Saints obviously have a ton to play for. The NFC South is way up for grabs. And let's just say the Rams make it and they're the sixth seed and they go to Detroit. You just made the noise, oh. right? Because oh. you know that's oh. Goff there. And Goff is there because Stafford's there. And they play each They're standing it's in the each other's the way. the You know, it's like... <laughs> They're both exes, uh, you know. You don't get this very, you don't get this very often. How wild would that be? I mean, I think it's all. I mean, I think it's one of those things. Like in the NFL, it's like everyone's got to be rooting for this to happen. I mean, for for everything this game would be, it'd be so cool to watch. You know, just the moments for both of them, like to face your old team in golf in the playoffs, and for Stafford to face a, a franchise that he was a part of for so long. But they did him a so favor, right? Like yeah. for golf, it might be more of a, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. But how do you think, Nick, I'll just let you speak for Stafford one more time. How, what do you think 
Do you think he would? He'd rather oh. face somebody else. I mean, no, I, I think he no. would enjoy that one too much. You know, I think I would give the Go edge. Back to Detroit. I think, I think I would give a little bit of edge from a freedom standpoint to the Rams because for Matthew, that's just icing on the cake. He's going to be playing loose as can be. There's no, there's no loss there, right? You won a Super Bowl. You get to go back to a place that he really left. He asked to leave in a good place. Like, I've always loved this place. You know, yeah. him and Kelly were very involved in the community there, everything else. Um, whereas for Jared Goff, I think that's almost a little bit of a nightmare situation because oh. it's like, man, for him to come back with this former team and beat you in your place, that that's, that's more stressful, I would think, from that side of it than Matthew's side. Look at that. And then one last uh, what do you think question on this front is potentially standing in the Rams' way of making it and making something like that potentially happen. Are the 49ers in the final week? Now, let's just assume, and I know what that word usually is infused with, let's just assume they've got that one seed wrapped. Do you think they're going to play their guys to keep the Rams out, like spit a spiteful breath at I don't the think Rams? They like you, each other enough to lay down. I, I, right? I, I would think they would, but I think Kyle, you know, we got to do that to the Rams. We got to, we got to not let them in. I think, but keep at the them same out time, in the same. Okay, that could come back to bite you. You get one of your players hurt. You get, you know, it's a. You got to look at the first game they played. You know, San Francisco didn't really get a hold of the game until late in the second half. Right. So, you know, you get into a battle that you're going to have to unload everything you got to but you, win. But you're going to keep these guys sat for two weeks and let the Rams in the so tournament? I, I think it's going to be interesting. They're the ones who knocked you out from uh, the NFC Championship game, as you very well know yourself. You've got a ring in your uh, I do. Your and house. you know what's crazy, too, is even like y'all were talking about earlier, the Drew Locke situation in Seattle, like, they, they've got winnable games. So if, if the Rams lose that game, the Seahawks get in. So it, it's uh, it's interesting, that division. I got a feeling, though. I'm going I'm to say this. All I three think, of them make it? I think all three of them make it, and the AFC North may have an opportunity for all three to make it. So that would be Ravens, Bengals. I'm assuming not the and, Steelers and the Browns. Okay, and the Browns. Yeah, I'm not so going Steelers. Per- okay, perfect, uh, perfect transition here to the Browns. Kevin Stefanski is not being mentioned uh, for Coach of the Year very much right now, and the job that he has done there with. Four different starting quarterbacks, all of them having one, and Nick Chubb getting knocked out. And they've been out without Ward for how long? I, I've lost track how long they've been without yeah. one of their best defensive players. And Miles Garrett balling out. And this team, with Flacco now, throwing it all over the lot, having a chance to, you know, potentially, potentially, I don't, I don't you know, if the top head... I don't think making the playoffs is a division winner, but having a chance to being a five seed, I mean, they could beat the AFC South winner in, in one game. And how Baltimore, I don't know. I mean, like why, why not? Right. I mean, we'd have another one, another revenge. This is real, isn't it? Aren't the Browns? I I mean, you look at that defense, they're real. So I don't don't care any offense that plays them. You look what happened to San Francisco when they played them. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that defense is real. I don't, it doesn't matter how good you are on offense. Because you're seeing it's them, be a challenge. you're seeing them in two. Thir- that's the final Thursday night game. Jets at Browns. Yeah. So, so. I mean, you, that's going to be a challenge for any team in the playoffs, no matter what your seeding is. And then offensively, I think Joe Flacco fits who they want to be really well. Guy can sling it still. Uh, you look at the play action game; they can build off of that running game. Um, I think he really fits who they could be, you know, and be dangerous. Play great defense, run the football well, and take a couple shots and, and hurt you. And so. 
I think for them, it's it's. I think Stefanski should be listed. But you look at it, even in that division, between the job him and Zach Taylor have done for the Bengals to be where they are, losing Joe Burrow. You you talk about a team that everyone just put on, like Mahomes, right? This is Joe Burrow. Like the Bengals are good just because of Joe Burrow. What they've been able to do with Jake Browning, like mm-hmm. I think it's another like Zach Taylor. What a freaking coaching job, right? You've for had sure. guys in and out of the lineup all all season. Um, Joe goes down, you think the season's over. But that said, I mean, Browns are a totally different category, with all due respect. Yeah, I no, mean, I with all due respect, I mean, it's Deshaun Watson, then it's P.J. Walker, then it's DTR, and then it's now let's get Joe Flacco off the couch. And he, he he's running the offense with the exception of Watson in that game in, in Baltimore. He's running that offense better than any of them. The, yeah. This offense has looked far more oh, it's different, know, threatening sure. and vertical. And the run game is just as stout, and the defense is taking care of business. I mean, Stefanski is coach of the year, should get some serious consideration right now, and he's won I it agree. before, uh, which might get people to think, well, and nobody he doesn't wants need to another block Miles one. So, no, honestly, like, and and I'm I'm straight up with you. And then that night, I mean, the narrative will be on your final Thursday night game is here's a team making the playoffs. Okay, the Cleveland has who does Cleveland have this week? Let's see here. Um, they have in front of them this week. They've got a game at Houston. That's a yep. huge one. Wow. Big game. Okay, let's just say they win that one. you got a 10-win team coming into your house, right? You're going into the house of the 10-win team. And and here comes the Jets they, 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 where their season goes completely kablooey within five snaps. They couldn't, they couldn't figure out a damn thing with yep. really talented players. I know their offensive line got really banged up, but... For them to just be eliminated going into week 16, and Aaron Rodgers just said on Pat's show, what, that he doesn't believe he's going to be medically cleared? He's not 100%? He's not 100%. All right, so you're going to probably see Trevor Simeon in the house, or maybe it could be Zach Wilson again. I don't know. So one team couldn't figure it out. Their season's totally lost. The other team with four guys has 10 wins potentially. If not, there's still nine wins. Going mind to the, you, the Browns lost a lot of offensive linemen too. So, okay, so not right. an excuse, exactly. Right? But, but, but that's twelve the point. out of fourteen games, the Jets have only got one touchdown or less. How does that happen? Right? I, I mean, mean, what? What the hell? I, I, so, that, that's what I mean. I, I think to me, it's you have to say, you know, I understand he's his guy, but Nathaniel Hackett, like, it's two years of like, you saw what happened in Denver with that offense. Who they've been this season with Sean Payton. You know, I always I said, you know, you really think about it, that Jets Broncos game, you might have won that small battle, but the overall war of kind of, you know, even though he said it out he shouldn't have said it, what Sean Payton said has come to life. Like he he's done a tremendous job with the Denver Broncos. They are a much different team than they were a year ago. And Nathaniel Hackett, this is two years in a row of abysmal offense. I mean, you made one team worse in the Broncos, and then you've come here and not been able to figure out a single thing with the Jets offensively to do any kind of product, just one, two games where you could say, all right, man, we got something to build off of, uh, just hasn't happened. And so I think to me, uh, yeah, it's two totally different stories of an example of what coaching can do in a situation where you can find ways to win with a great defense because the teams are very similar. The Jets defensively and the Browns defensively, that's how they're led. Right. To not to be able to find any way to produce offensively in these games. Just right, in and, a the Browns lo- stretch. and lo- Browns lost their running back to a knee injury this year. Jets got theirs back from last year. Yeah. And Dalvin Cook. 
and Garrett Wilson. It's a great game to put them side by side and say what went wrong. Well, not great for yeah. the Jets because this is a perfect example. Like, look at this team. And Flacco used this to be personal, the, Rich. Honestly, Flacco won a game for the Jets in that building week two. I guarantee you Spoon's going to have that video for you for your pregame show. <laughs> They're probably cutting the video right now. And if not, cut it, Spoon. You know, like, that's coming. That is absolutely going to be part of your pregame show. Are you about to say committed? I'm, you know, uh, I'm committed. <laughs> I'm committed to just. This feels no, emotional. No, no, no. Yeah, this feels no, no, very, no, no. very personal. I should be committed. There we go. <laughs> For still being a Jets fan? Yeah. Yeah, you should. But yeah. that's me. You know, I am who I am. And I'm, I'm you know, because one day at some point, as I said, the football gods will stop kicking me in the nards over this whole thing. And so, but nobody's, nobody is pulling a code red on Hackett. There. That ain't happening. No, Aaron Rodgers did tell uh, Pat that he still believes in Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, right. Nathaniel Hackett, right. called Sala a fantastic coach. Did say he doesn't think next year will be his last year. There you go. Uh, wanted to play two years for the Jets, considers this a lost season. There you go. So th- it'll run back, and, and there'll be a whole, there's a whole bunch of Jet fans who are like, look at the Browns. Look at them. Look at the Bengals. Look at the Colts. Look at these teams that not only didn't fall apart, but actually stayed enough together to make a playoff run, and they're going to make the playoffs with teams that maybe aren't as talented roster-wise as the Jets are. Yeah, and so and that the coaching staff should eat it because of that. But they will not when Aaron Rodgers says that because Woody Johnson is going to run it back, and everybody's coming back, and that's going to be a nonstop. 24 7 365 sports talk conversation in new york city and i love sala too yeah i love him too and and we just don't know there's an iceberg and there's a tip and i think there's a huge iceberg that he's tried to keep together yeah i, th- I think Sala's done all he can it's just it's a tough situation but i think even if aaron comes back next year and they're good on offense i'm gonna say it's because aaron Rodgers. um because i think the proof is is there that uh it, it that was going to be him if they were going to be good offensively but do you feel a little better now? I mean, you kind of get some of that out. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't. But I appreciate you checking in with me. That's you why you're just, Walter Payton yeah, Man of the Year, right sure there. You, you care about others. And, okay. You're a human. Yeah. You care about humanity, and yeah. I'm I'm part of that Why don't race. You have a good day. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're one of my favorites, Andrew. Love watching you uh, kick it and kick ass. You're appreciate awesome, it, brother. You you get it, you're, you and your team get better every week. I appreciate and it's it. great to see you. Have a great time here in. Uh, in Los Angeles and then uh, in Cleveland and then come back. Come back. Let's hang during the uh, postseason, I'll be ready. Too. I got nothing to do. That's great. Uh, that's Andrew Whitworth right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hour number three still to come here on this program. Albert Breer with all the latest around the league. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, our friends at NHTSA want to let you know whether you get pulled over or get into a crash, drinking and driving will change your whole world. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. That was great with um, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, he's right awesome, man. He's getting better and better and better and better. And when he walked in, I told him, I love his Geico commercials. Those oh, are so is that what you said? Yeah, they're very funny. I mean, he does the play, and yeah, then, then and then they're like, "That's a recipe for, for ziti." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "By am he goes, but I can bench three fifty. I am stronger than you. I'm a good lineman. I'm a good analyst. He's killing block, it. <laughs> block this. Block that. He's block. everywhere. <laughs> I love it. All right, let me cape for him one more time here. Who? Who? Kevin Stefanski. Oh, okay. You want to save that for like for what? Like twenty minutes? No, no, no. I understand you might get a uh, um, a um, you want to save that an over. I, I, that means I've just touched upon an overreaction. Yeah, you're stepping subject on him right now, Rich. You're stepping yeah. on. Him. No, I'll repeat it again. I don't care how many times I say it. That Fair. means okay. I might uh, hopefully affect something here. Fair. Because who are you voting for for Coach of the Year right now? Well, Mike um, oh, are you gonna are you gonna pull up? You're gonna pull up. Uh, I mean, I can Vegas? tell. I can tell you who is the favorites here. Well, who is it? I want it's, your favorite, Chris. I don't want. I don't want you to be influenced by. No, no. He's, um, he's he's talking about the town where Mel Green has no the, clock or I'm a signpost. The, the desert likes Dan Campbell right now. And that was my pick coming into the season was Dan Campbell. So I could sit here and do the the thing, the sports talk radio host thing, right? I told you all. Season. Certainly, since apparently somebody told me I won an awfully award. An awfully, What's yeah. Awful? Oh, an awful announcing. Oh, interesting. You know, for sports radio host. That's interesting because so I appreciate Marconi, that. I was told that I, I, be... I shared it. I share it with Chris Russo. Oh well, that I mean, there's well, nothing awful the, about Chris Russo. Oh, but no, no, but it's called awful announcing. I don't know why they call that. And by the way, you know, let me just tell you this: if you told the kid driving around Staten Island, New York, you would win for the Staten Island Advance that I would ever be named a best sports radio show host with Chris Russo, I'd have, I'd have probably crashed my Honda Accord. <laughs> oh, this is but, actually a good thing. The Offleys are a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Richie. Yeah, I'm saying you got but, a Marconi and an Offley. Yeah, oh, I don't know why I got off on that set. Oh, no, but I could do the sports talk radio thing and say, I was right. Oh, yeah. I've okay, yeah. Dan Campbell should be coach of the year. But in all straight up with you, really? Because he's rolled Jared Goff out there every single game. And he's been great. He, and he, he lost David Montgomery to uh, uh, a rib injury for a couple weeks. But him and Gibbs have, you know, have been rolling. And Montgomery's back. Stefanski's lost three quarterbacks at some point. And Nick Chubb. He had Watson. Then he didn't. Then he had P.J. Walker. And they beat the 49ers. I'm then still is, baffled by that. By the way, it happened. <laughs> I, I watched it. It happened. And it's not just because the Niners were were terrible. It's the Niners were affected by one of the best defenses in the league. He's the one who, who convinced Jim Schwartz to do, the, to do the gig, which, by the way, is game-changing. 
Okay. So there's that. He's also then after PJ Walker seems to lose his, you know, mojo. Watson comes back, isn't really all that healthy until he plays the game of his Browns career, right? Beating the Ravens. And then we learn, oh, he played that game with a shoulder that was so bad it needs surgery. Hmm. And a high ankle sprain, right? And poof, he's gone. And so it's not going to be P.J. Walker. we got to turn to DTR. Wins with him. Hmm. And then he gets concussed. And let's go call Joe Flacco up. He is balling. Oh, and Nick Chubb's gone, and 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 they, they bring Kareem Hunt back. And look at the Jets. That's what happens when you don't have the right plan and the right offensive mindset to fix it on the fly. How how is he not not coach of the year if the Browns make the playoffs? I I understand D'Amico Ryan's deserves his flowers. Who else? So Stefanski else? is fifth in the in, in the in odds right now. Shane Steichen. Let's say where's Steichen? Is, 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 uh, Steichen's got the same thing with a quarterback and running backs. Running I get backs. it. Yeah, Three yeah. and a half to one. Same thing with D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Let's be. I mean, they're the best team in the league. They're four and a half to one. Mike McDaniel six and a half to one. He's great. Stefanski fourteen to one. That's, I, I don't. A little high for me. I don't understand it, dude. They, if they beat the Texans on the road with Flacco, and the Texans have a real good team, they are. They're not the team that was second and third on the clock last year anymore. You are what you are right now. They win that. They're going to have 10 wins taking on the Jets. They might have 11 wins after that. Their last game of the season. Oh, boy. They could knock Jake Browning out of the playoffs. They, uh. could, they could take care of the business. Dude, what if they finish up 12-5? and five? You're not I'll making Kevin Stefanski the coach of the year? Shocked. Yeah, no. Why would I, you be shocked? They can absolutely pull that off. Let's be very real. They should pull that off. They should. I'm just saying you'd be shocked with all that they've over had to overcome this year that that's a 12-win team. Yeah. They're the five seed? Who are they playing in the first round of the playoffs? You don't think that whoever wins the AFC South? Colts? Browns and Colts. by the way, Browns Colts. That was, one, by the way, a great one game. P, one p.m. Saturday. Well, by the way, on NBC. Browns Colts. <laughs> Browns Colts. You, it, you know, the Browns <laughs> got lucky in that one. To be straight up, you know, not to go all in, in in the tank right here for the for the Browns. They got lucky. Yeah. With those calls at the end, but you you are what you are. Yeah. Got a, They they got a break, and I'm sure there were other times this year where they didn't get a break, and they still won. I mean, I. I I'm would start talking about Stefanski that way. I predicted him to finish last in the division. So. And look at him now. Yeah. Albert Breer coming up. So we'll, we'll scratch on the Stefanski. That's what you're saying. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Because, again, he, he won it, by the way. Remember that? He was coach of the year, and then he got COVID, and they beat the crap out of the Steelers when he was in the basement. In the basement, right? Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Man, that was. it seems like it was 20 years ago. I know, right? <laughs> that Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but I also did predict that every AFC North team would make the playoffs. Yeah, you, so you yeah, still, hanging, had that still hanging in. There's there. still an outside shot. Three Each of the four dollars. of them make it, sir. You can make a case for any of these guys. Obviously, but Zach Taylor. To me, it's it's the adversity you're overcoming and the amount of wins that you still have and the ability to um, 
survive and advance. We thought Houston was going to be a bottom five team in the league. What if they win their division? How is it not D'Amico Ryans with a rookie quarterback? I hear you. Yeah. I'm not saying he shouldn't be. Just I'm just cases. saying I, I, I don't know why there's not enough conversation about Kevin Stefanski right now. I By the way, just let's it. put it. Let's just really go nuts, just for the Browns fans right now. Nuts. They win it all with a Ravens quarterback in Cleveland. By the way, he gets a statue. Yeah, like I said, he's taken both oh. Cleveland franchises to the glory. Could Flacco you imagine? gets a statue oh. if he wins oh. a. Super Bowl with Cleveland. And right now? Right next to Jim Brown. By the way, right now this says this is crazy, but it's possible as we're talking right now. Very possible. A month ago it was not. He was at home. ATC is where it says. (laughs) 